This is episode 695 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life so you can love your people, get prepared, and live free. On today's episode, two articles, six things to consider when buying your first EDC knife, and every boy should own a knife. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey everyone, this episode is sponsored by the exclusive Prepper Website email group, which allows you to communicate with other preppers right from your email. You don't have to worry about your every link, click, or word being tracked by social media. This email group resides on the same servers as Prepper Website. Other benefits include members-only videos, periodic webinars, and bi-monthly online meetups. This is a great value for $20 a year. To join the community, visit PrepperWebsite.net or click the link in the show notes. Well, everyone, welcome back to another episode. Hey, we're going to be talking about EDC knives. And as I was preparing for this article and, and to read it on the episode... I remembered an article that I wrote a while back on every boy should own a knife. And it really stemmed from an incident that I had when I was back on the campus. And so it's a little bit of an older article, but I think it's it's valuable. And so I wanted to go ahead and include it on this episode. So uh, let's go ahead and jump in. EDC is short for everyday carry, and it means that you have your blade with you every day or at least as often as possible. While some people use the term EDC to mean any type of knife, meaning a fixed blade or a folder. In the knife community, it typically means a small folding knife that fits in your pocket. Now, there are many uses for an EDC knife. Some people carry one around as an easily accessible tool for opening boxes and packages, cutting rope and string, opening food packaging, cutting fruit, etc. An EDC knife can also be used as a last resort self-defense weapon if the need arises. So a knife is a tool to have on you at all times. Whether it's for self-defense, cutting food, or just opening boxes. Whatever the situation, there are knives that will fit the need with the size and weight for almost everyone. So our first article is entitled, Six Things to Consider When Buying Your First EDC Knife. And when I first initially started looking at this one, I didn't notice, but there's not six. There's, I guess it jumps from one to two, and then it goes to four. Uh, And so I guess if you consider some of the other things here, uh, that they that they mentioned in the article, there would be six. But I think this is something just interesting as we look into this topic. And then, so this one's coming to us from survivalsullivan.com. And again, six things to consider when buying your first EDC knife. We'll look at this one and then we'll jump into every boy should own a knife. So let's go ahead and start. So I believe I've mentioned this before, but I'll say it again. I'm a knife nut. I've been carrying knives since I was 12 or 13 years old. I started out with a small Swiss Army knife, which I carried for a few years before I moved on to carrying locking blades. My first locking blade was not actually mine. It was my dad's. He and I had a good laugh about it because I was initially only going to use it once or twice and ended up keeping it and buying my dad a new blade. I've carried a few knives over the past few years. Fast forward a few years, I've discovered the world of EDC on YouTube while browsing through knife-related content on a whim. At this point, I hadn't carried a knife seriously for quite a while, though I still carried when I went to flea markets so that I could give vendors a clue about my preferences. I started carrying knives regularly again in a few months. 
Along with the expected funny looks, I got a few questions every now and then, mostly wanting to know why I was carrying a knife. The other common question I got was, what's a good first knife to own? Now, typically, this is something I'm asked by people close to me who are interested in using or carrying a knife or are looking to buy a knife for someone in their family. Fortunately, while all knife collections will vary according to personal taste, there are a few things to consider when buying a first knife. There are six things to consider when it comes to buying your first EDC knife, and these are valid for both fixed blades and folding knives. So the first one is legality. Yes, we're starting out with probably the most obvious consideration, the legal system. I know it sounds silly, but you need to be aware of the laws surrounding knives in your state or country and keep abreast of how they may change as you go from place to place. If you're in the U.S., knife laws will vary from one state to the next or even from town to town. Okay, guys, there is a link here that goes to another article on Survival Sullivan about knife laws. Now, it's an overview article, but I do have a link on Prepper website about knife laws in the U.S. And so that one is, it looks at the whole United States. You can pick your state and you can get more information about your specific state. So I'm going to link that article or that website on U.S. knife laws over on Prepper website. I'm going to link to that uh, on or in the show notes. And so you can go and check it out. The link to this one here from Survival Sullivan is in the article. So you can always go to it. But I, it's something that you need to consider because every state is going to be a little different. So let's continue on with this section. In South Africa, the laws are very clear about what you can and can't carry. To put it simply, in South Africa, you can carry a knife provided it is a single-edged, the blade length doesn't exceed 10 centimeters, you aren't behaving in a manner that poses imminent danger to yourself or to the people around you. The catch here is that if you're stopped by the police, they must use their own judgment based on their interactions with you to determine whether you are a criminal or a threat. So the second thing you need to consider are the specs. Why do you want or need to carry a knife? The answer to this question will vary, but it's important to know why you're carrying a knife. Your purpose will dictate or influence the knife that you buy, and so it's best to know exactly what the blade will have to do in the field. So with that in mind, things to look at include the overall length, the blade length, and then the locking mechanism if you're dealing with a folder. The overall length of the knife as well as the length of the blade are important to know for legal and practical reasons. If the blade's too long, it becomes impractical for certain tasks, and most laws about carrying center on the length of the blade. Another crucial check is the locking mechanism. As certain places like the UK, for example, have laws prohibiting the carry of locking blades. If the knife has a locking mechanism, where is it and how does it work? It would be a good idea to also find out if a knife is spring-assisted or not. Now, you'll notice that I didn't list blade steel or something as something to check. The reason for that is that if you're buying your first knife, it's not something that's going to spring to mind unless you know a thing or two about blade steels. All right, guys, so he's, he mentioned a lot of things there. I always like the locking mechanism. Uh, I have in the past, and so this is one of those things to, to consider there. Um, you always want to be careful that um, your your blade will is sharp enough to do the job that it needs to do uh, because a, a sharpened blade is actually a sharper or a safer blade, uh, I should say. 
And so there was times where I, when I was younger, I had a, you know, a, a duller blade and I'm kind of manhandling and trying to force it to do what I want it to do. And then it's really easy for it to come back on you, come back on your knuckles and things like that. And so I've always preferred the locking, a locking blade, a locking mechanism there. And so I just can't even consider, you know, or Phantom being somewhere where they wouldn't allow something like that, you know. And so I know the smaller, uh, smaller blades usually don't have a locking mechanism. Um, there's a story actually I'm going to share with you a little bit later on when I get to the next, when I get to the next uh, article uh, about that. But anyway, that's something to, to consider. And then the spring assisted or, or not, I mean, it's kind of crazy to be thinking about all those all those things. And you go to the, the store and you buy one and uh, you or you buy a knife or you order it or whatever. And then you have all these other considerations. Uh, I'll share with you the knife that I everyday carry here in a minute. But uh, something to to be thinking about is, you know, all of that, the specs and stuff. You, you almost want something. And again, everybody's needs are a little bit different. Uh, I like mine like a medium range. I know some people carry smaller blades um, that can just be thrown into their pocket. Um, I like to clip mine on on my on my pocket. Um, so I like more of that medium feel, uh, not super large, but not super small that if I needed it to do other things, uh, I would be able to do them. So we're going to jump to number four because there's not a number three here. Number four is ease of use. Now this is pretty straightforward. The easier a knife is to use, the better for the owner of the knife. Look at the method of deployment. Is it automatic or a manual folder? Is it spring assisted? How do you deploy the blade? Can you open and close the knife with one hand? And I think that's important. You know, if you have your knife and you're fumbling around with it and you're, it, it's, you know, you've got to be thinking about or really focused on opening it. I think that's going to be a clue that uh, that's not the right knife for you. Number five is aesthetics. Now, the aesthetics of your knife are important. If you're going to carry a knife every day, you want it to look cool. Now, this is where you can establish your own personal style as you go further down the rabbit hole of knives. And it is a rabbit hole. It is one of those things. You start looking at knives and forget it. You're like, oh, hey, I want that one. I want that one. That's why it's so dangerous to go looking for knives online and uh, shopping around uh, when, you, when you're doing that, man. It's like, uh, it's, it can be pretty dangerous there. But uh, there are some really cool looking knives and uh, you really need to settle on the one that you want. There's some people, I guess, that don't care at all what it looks like. Uh, they're happy with whatever they have. But, uh, you know, to me, it was important. And the one that I've chosen, the one that I use, I've been using now, I probably have that knife probably for about 10 years now. Um, it is the one that uh, it still looks good. And I, I try to take care of it, good care of it. All right, number six is going to be the price. Generally speaking, good quality knives can be found for a few hundred dollars, but you don't have to spend a ridiculous amount of money to get a good, reliable blade. So that, you know, this article is correct. There are, you it runs the gamut of what is available out there. They're super, super cheap, super expensive out there, and you can just go crazy with it in, you know, custom knives and all of that, and you find something that is that will work for you. So I think that's going to be important. That plays into the, the whole bit of what exactly is the perfect EDC knife for you. All right, so uh, what to look for in an EDC knife. Where do you look and how do you select your first EDC knife? Well, you can find knives pretty much anywhere, but your best bet would be outdoor goods stores. You can also check hardware stores, gun shops. Certain butcheries may have knife cases. You can also go through online dealers. 
If you're on a tight budget, you can trawl flea markets. Almost every flea market will have a knife table and you're usually not spending more than $200 on a knife. And usually those knives suck pretty bad. So just FYI on that one. Um, specific things to consider with the first EDC knife. The type of knife. So is it going to be a fixed blade? Is it going to be a folding knife? Is it going to be a multi-tool? And the use of the knife. The size of the knife and carry options. First off, decide on what kind of knife you want to carry. Is it a fixed blade or a folding blade or a multi-tool? You also need to decide on how you plan to use the knife. No two blades will be able to perform all the same tasks identically. The size and weight of the knife will dictate how easily you can carry a knife. It needs to be big enough to do most, if not all tasks, but small enough that you can carry it comfortably, either in your pocket or on your belt or even around your neck. As far as blade length, a three or four inch blade is usually big enough for most everyday tasks. So you also want to look at the blade profile. My personal preference is to have a fine plain edge in a drop point shape. This is because in my experience, a fine edge is less threatening than a serrated or a combo edge, a fine edge with serrations. As far as carry options go, we're talking about how you are carrying your knife. Is there a pocket clip? on a folding knife or a sheath of a knife? Is the clip a shallow or a deep carry clip? If you're dealing with a fixed blade, how are you carrying it? Is it around your neck, in your boot, on your belt? Is it on your belt? How is it positioned? Is it horizontal on your belt or vertical, like the tip of the knife facing your feet? My final piece of advice would be to focus on comfort. If possible, handle the knife before purchasing it. If it feels good in your hand you and you like how it looks and you like the price point, then go for it. If it's a nice looking and if it's nice looking and matches your criteria, but isn't comfortable to hold onto, then it may be a better idea to move on and find something that touches all points rather than only some points. When it comes to safety, there are a few things to keep in mind. Keep a knife either folded or sheathed until you need to use it. If you don't need to use it, there's no reason for it to be open and unsheathed. Now, for transparency's sake, I do sometimes leave open unsheathed knives on a table, shelf, or countertop, but in my case, I live in a household where everyone knows not to play around with them. Keep knives out of reach of children. This goes without saying, but keep your blades away from your little ones. Then there's don't play with knives. Now, this is a bit of a hypocritical statement from me because I play and mess around with my knives all the time. When I say don't play with knives, what I mean is don't do anything or things that put you at risk of serious injury. Knives are tools and they can cause some nasty injuries, so treat them with respect. Then don't let other people play with your knives. Letting other people play with your knives puts you at risk of liability if they hurt themselves. And lastly, don't take the knife into places where it may cause problems for you or those around you. As odd as it sounds, an everyday carry knife not being carried every day, there are times where you'll have to leave your knife at home. It's generally not advised to take a knife with you if you're a student in high school, as there are laws against carrying blades in such places. So in closing, to recap, when you're looking to get your first EDC knife, look at your local laws, the size, like the overall length blade, the blade length and the weight. And so there's the different lengths, right? There's the whole length of the knife and then there's the blade length. The ease of use, the carry options, ergonomics of the handle, the blade profile, all these things. These are a few things to consider when looking to buy your first EDC knife. 
Obviously, your individual circumstances, your preferences, and your needs will dictate what knife you buy. As always, thanks for reading. All right, so guys, this is over at Survival Sullivan. I am, like always, I'm going to link to this article, and you can go check it out and check out. The, I mean, they have a lot of pictures, and then the links are going to be there for you if you're interested in going and checking out uh, the the legal, the, the laws and stuff like that. So you have that overall view at Survival Sullivan, and then, like I said, I'm going to link to the uh, the link from Prepper website where you can go straight to this um, to this website that is entitled Knife. It's uh, knifeup.com, and so it's uh, knife laws there that you can go and, and you can go check out. Hey, everyone. I wanted to break into this episode to tell you about a new outdoor website called Rerouted. Rerouted is creating a trusted marketplace to facilitate the buying and selling of used outdoor gear. For outdoor enthusiasts, buying new gear can be expensive, and Rerouted wants to provide a sustainable alternative. We've all purchased that cheap piece of gear only to find out when you really needed it, it falls apart. What happens if we really need it in a true emergency? So great equipment is made to last, even if used. It will last longer than cheap gear you can buy trying to save a buck. But Rerouted also allows you to sell your used gear. You might have some gear that you are no longer using because you have grown out of it or upgraded to something better. This is a great way to earn a little bit of extra money while giving someone a great opportunity to buy some quality gear. So the website is rerouted.co. That's rerouted.co. Visit it. I'll post a link in the episode notes to make it easy on you. Rerouted gear, sustainable future, new adventures. Now back to the podcast. All right. So um, not too long ago, I guess, well, I say not too long ago. It was long ago because it seems like I've written it a long time ago. Um, I wrote an article that was entitled, Every Boy Should Own a Knife. And for me, I, I every day carry as often as I can. And so there's a couple of different knives that I that I carry. Um, the first one, the one that I like to carry is my Kershaw. And it's, uh, I believe they pronounced it the Chalet. It looks like it's spelled Chalot, S-H-A-L-L-O-T. And they don't make it anymore, which sucks. But I liked it so much that, and I think that when I bought it, I bought it like at uh, Academy Outdoor sales uh, or stores right and so it was like 45 dollars or something like that and it was one of those uh fast finger releases where you can you can click it with your finger and it opened up really really quickly and i was just like blown away by it and so i bought one for my dad and i bought one for my for my brother and so they have those the the other one that i carry that i'd like to carry is my leatherman wave now i don't like to carry knives on my belt and so when I talk about carry, I mean, you know, I go to the office and I'm wearing dress slacks uh, almost every day. And so I can't always carry my, I can't, I can't carry that Leatherman wave because I like carrying it uh, inside of my pocket, right? So clipped to my pocket. And the thing is, is that it's very heavy. So it works with blue jeans. It works very easily with blue jeans. I don't have a problem at all. Now I can tell that it's there and I can tell that it's a lot heavier than if I, uh, if I was carrying my Kershaw, but there, you know, there is a, a pocket clip that you can buy for the Leatherman wave. I think it's only like $5 or something like that on Amazon. And so you are going to be clipping it. So unless you're wearing blue jeans or something uh, where you have a sturdy pocket, it's not going to it's not going to work being clipped. 
That's the the second one that I would wear. And then for the longest time, and actually the reason I wrote this article was uh, I was carrying around a a Boker Urban Survival Knife. And basically what that is, it looks like a pen. And so uh, it looks like a pen. You open it up. It has a very sharp knife. uh, And it has uh, one of the studs where you can just kind of flip it open. And I've got really good at opening it. And it looked like a pen top. So it looked, you know, when I was, when I have it inside clipped into my pocket, people would just think that it's a, it's a pen and they wouldn't have any issue with it at all. And so I did carry, uh, you know, on the campus when I was on the campus and I, you know, all the years that I was there, I think I only had one student say, is that a knife? <laughs> you know, and I was carrying the multi-tool at that time, the, the Leatherman wave. And I said, it's uh and I told him, I said, it's a multi-tool. And then this kid was pretty smart. He goes, well, a multi-tool has a knife in it. I said, yes, it might have a knife in it. And that's pretty much the only person that I ever had, you know, at least students that ever had a problem with it. But we live in an area where most men carry uh, everyday knives. I mean, they, they everyday carry a pocket knife of some sort of, or fashion. So it's not really that big of a deal, uh, at least here where I live in Texas. But there are some places where I could imagine that if you had a knife, you know, in your pocket, people would be looking at you like, what's wrong with you? And so, you know, it just really, you have to think about where you live and uh, how it's going to look and all those different kinds of things. But anyway, I wrote this article, Every Boy Should Own a Knife, because of a situation that happened while I was on campus with a bunch of teachers. And so uh, you can imagine, I've had a lot of interesting things happened to me while I was on the campus uh, as an assistant principal, even dealing with uh, kindergarten students. Uh, maybe I'll get to that one here in a minute. Um, the other thing that comes to mind when I when I was writing this article and when I think about it is we had friends, and I mean, this was years and years ago. Um, he was probably about eight years old. I, I was always a little bit older than him, uh, but he was around eight years old and he had a little pocket knife. He was given a pocket knife. And he used it one day and he cut himself and no one had talked to him about how to use a pocket knife, how to, you know, what to do, all that kind of stuff. So he cut himself and he started bleeding. Well, this kid went to the restroom. He knew, he knew at least to go to the restroom, but he started panicking because the blood didn't stop. It wasn't just a little scrape. And so he started shaking his hand. He started panicking. Blood went everywhere. You know, it was in the sink. It was on the floor. It was on the mirror. It was, it was, he just started panicking until he finally went to his parents and his parents, you know, helped him out and, and, and got to him to, to tell him what needed to happen. So I think that's important uh, to do when we're talking about knives and we're talking about kids. I think that if we teach them early on, I think they build this responsibility and then they know how to use it. So I'm going to go ahead and start. I have a lot of other things that I can share here as we go throughout this article. So let me go ahead and start. Again, this is at my website, edthatmatters.com. Every boy should own a knife. Every man should own a knife. And every man should receive his first knife when he is a young boy. Now, at this moment, I can hear every man saying, darn right. I can also hear every woman screaming. Women, not every woman, tend to freak out over knives. Now, there's a story below. But knives are simply tools. Tools. Let me say that again. A knife is a tool. So here's a side story. A few weeks back, I pulled out my boker to open up a box that was taped up. The four women teachers around me freaked out and all backed up like I was about to stab them in the neck or something. After pressing them, three of the four admitted that their husbands carry a knife too. 
Their response is just typical of how we have vilified tools. Tools, <laughs> important tools. So the thing to remember is that with everything, and I mean everything, boys need to be taught about knives and how to use them appropriately. But handing a kid a knife also provides a parent with the opportunity to teach responsibility, respect, and sets them on the road for what they are hardwired for, being a man. So responsibility. Boys need to learn responsibility. If not, they won't know the value of things. Boys could choose to be irresponsible. When they are irresponsible, it should be viewed as a teachable moment. So for instance, my son has a knife that he purchased at a gun show. He really likes it. But one time he left it just laying around. He didn't value it enough to put it in its place. He was irresponsible. I conveniently picked it up and put it in my place. Later, when he realized he couldn't find it, he came to me to let me know. I used that time to teach how important it is to be responsible. If he didn't know where his knife was, he wouldn't have it when he needed it. It is up to the parent to show and express value in important items and teach responsibility. Then there's respect. Who doesn't think that kids nowadays couldn't use some lessons in respect? Could it be that kids aren't respectful because parents haven't taught them to be respectful? But boys don't need to learn only how to be respectful to others. They need to learn how to respect stuff. Now, how does one teach respect? Touching a hot grill will teach you a little respect when dad's barbecuing. But that is learning the hard way. Kids need to respect and trust their parents in order to respect what their parents say. That is a whole different post. But hopefully it suffices to say respect rises with a good relationship. You can't have one without the other. So men are hardwired to kill their food and bring it home to their families. In the past 30 years, there seems to have been a huge effort to wussify boys. So recall the story above when I pulled out my boker. And boys are going to gravitate to boy things, be rough, play cops and robbers or cowboys and Indians and get muddy. Let boys be boys. I'm glad that I can be there at school to run interference with young elementary boys when they draw a picture of a gunfight or make a paper gun. Yes, there needs to be wisdom, but come on. That young deaf boy who recently was told that he couldn't sign his name because he had to sign a letter that looked like a gun was not welcome. Those educators are idiots. It wouldn't have happened if it was where I worked. So there is a link here to a story. That was another piece that I added where there was a deaf a student who was not allowed to sign his name because one of the letters looked like a gun. And I mean, come on, really? So you're telling a kid, I'm sorry, you can't sign your name because of that. That is so, so stupid. So let me, um, I want to share another story here about a kindergarten student uh, and uh, that I had to deal with when I was on the campus. So one of the last few years that I was on the campus before I moved to the central office, I remember, get, remember getting called by one of uh, my kindergarten teachers who uh, called me to the room and let me know that one of her students, this young young boy, had a knife. And uh, she was kind of cool. She wasn't one that freaked out. And I think she, if I remember correctly, she has boys as well. But uh, so she didn't freak out, but she was like, Todd, yeah, he, he shouldn't have this here. And I'm like, yeah, I completely agree. And it wasn't like, you know, big old monster knife or anything. It was a small little, you know, one of those really small knives. Um, but I mean, he still had a point on there and he still really shouldn't have had it there. So I called the kid into my office 
Or I brought it. I went, I asked him if he would come walk with me and talk with me. And so we're talking along the way. And I didn't want him, my important thing, the important thing for me was not to make him feel like he was going to the assistant principal's office. But so we were talking along the way, just, you know, uh, again, building that relationship up, just trying to uh, to chat it up as we were getting there. And so when we get to the office, I'm just talking with them like, hey, so I see that you have this knife. Uh, your teacher told me about it. You know, is it your knife? And of course, he like, yes, he, he uh, agreed to it. And then he, um, you know, I said, why, why did you bring your knife? He goes, well, my dad told me to. And, or, you know, my dad told me to bring it. And like, really, your dad told you to bring it? He said, yes, you know, I, I, he told me to, to bring it with me to keep it safe. And so, you know, we talked a little bit more and then I'm like, okay. And I walked him back to class and I called the dad and the dad is like, no, he does not have a knife that was not given to him. Uh, he must have, he must have took it from, you know, some, some place somewhere. Uh, and he, when I described it, he did recognize it as one of his, but you know, it was one of those things where he might've, the, the kid might've been looking in the different drawers and things like that. Now in some schools, that right there. And of course the, the parent came and picked it up and all that. And he thanked me for not going, you know, zero tolerance on the kid, which uh, a lot of schools do It's like, you bring a knife, no matter who you are, you're there's zero tolerance. And I just never could understand that. That's so stupid. But anyway, I, uh, you know, talked with the, with the dad a little bit and, uh, you know, he wanted up leaving and I, I could tell the dad had a everyday carry knife as well, you know, in his pocket. So, this kid went back to class and, and everything was, was normal and the teacher was cool and all of that kind of stuff. And this was a situation where the kid was just, uh, you know, curious and he was into, uh, you know, into looking around into drawers and things like that. And he found this knife and he thought it was cool and he wanted it. He wanted to carry it. and boys gravitate to that kind of kind of thing. It's just natural. It's just going to happen. And so uh, you, you've heard this, the research of where kids, if they're outside playing, and they don't have swords and, and guns and different things like that. They're going to start picking up sticks and playing swords. And it's just part of the deal. Now, a funny story here. There is a comment. At least I think there is a comment here. So there's, you know, again, this uh, this article had a lot of comments to it more than, than normal. And I, so I can't remember if it's in, in the comment section. I guess I can go look at it. Or uh, they sent me an email. But there was a woman who's like, Todd, don't forget, you know, women everyday carry knives too. And I'm like, yeah, I completely, completely agree. And they should, you know, I think you should have a uh, an everyday carry knife. But you get to carry it in your purse and, and you get to have it there. Um, but again, the focus was on boys and how boys gravitate to, to knives. And it's something that's there. And, and if we, if we, are going to allow them to, or if they are going to do that, then we need to do it in the right way. We need to teach them responsibility and respect and, and how to handle things. So um, let me continue on here. There's not too much more, just another paragraph here. Having a knife won't make a boy a man, but it does signify what every man was hardwired to do. So because I work in an elementary school, I carry a Boker Plus Urban Survival Knife. This is not a bushcraft knife or one that you would use to cut wood for whatever reason. This is purely a self-defense weapon and also, and, and I said self-defense weapon, but it's also a knife that opens up uh, boxes and, and stuff like that. And really that's what I would use it mostly for. It works for me in this setting because the top looks like a pen cap. It also comes with another cap that will break glass if you want that option. It has studs to flip it open, but it does take practice. I become pretty quick with it. The end also has sort of a hook that can be pressed into someone when pressure is placed with the thumb. You can purchase the Boker Plus Urban Survival Knife on Amazon. 
Take the negative reviews with a grain of salt. Again, this isn't a bushcraft knife. All right, so there are links in the article to go over to Amazon. And I do have the Kershaw link there, but the Kershaw, you just you can't buy it any, any longer and, and have it there. So uh, with that said, I want to... I want to go back a little bit to to what I carry right now. I'm not carrying the Boker as often. I do have it with me in my bag, and so I think carrying my bag is a little bit different than when I was on the on the campus. Uh, on the campus, I would be all over the campus. I mean, I never sat down. Now I'm in an office in front of a computer all the time, and so I have my bag just like in hands, you know, reach away, uh, arms length away. I guess I should say not hands uh, length away. Well, sometimes I guess it is a hands length away when I have it on my desk when I'm just messing around, and that's another thing. So this guy was talking about keeping his knife open. There are times where I just flip my knife open while I'm there. I mean, I'm, I'm in an office by myself, so I can imagine if someone came through looking at me while I was doing that, but everybody knows me. They know I'm not, I'm not nuts or anything, but it's just something that I do to kind of keep the time while I'm focusing on, on the computer and, and different things that I'm doing. But right now I, I pretty much carry my Kershaw. With that said, I have my multi-tool in my bag and it's not the Leatherman wave. I carry, I, I leave my Leatherman wave on my dresser and when I have blue jeans, I will carry the wave, but I do have another multi-tool in my bag. And I think those are so, uh, so handy. They come in, you know, they're, they're very handy. I would caution you then again, as we've talked about different EDC knives is to make sure you carry something that's reliable and something that is, I mean, I don't know the proper term here, but something that is made well, I guess that, that is the thing I I've received a couple of multi-tools before in the past as gifts and things that come when you subscribe to, you know, whatever. And they send you, an, and it's a joke, man. I mean, the knives aren't sharp. Um, they will, you know, things bend, things are, you know, the knives are, are wobbly um, and all that different kinds of thing. The multi-tool doesn't, you know, it like it looks like it's so flimsy it's going to break. If you're going to invest in a knife, I think you should invest in one that is going to be valuable and is going to last for a while. And that's why I always like the Leatherman Waves or, or actually, le you know, Leatherman usually works uh, really, really well there. Um, and so anyway, I, I think I also have a Gerber. It's one of those things where it's like you don't need a knife, but it's on sale and it looks good. So you, you buy it. But you can get kind of crazy about that. It's the same thing with firearms. There's a lot of people out there. It's like every, they're always buying firearms. It's like, you know, just really try to stick to what you truly need. And like I said, I have had that Kershaw for many, many years. And it's worked really uh, well. It does have a lifetime warranty. So I remember one day I brushed up against, I can't remember what I brushed up against, but I, I messed up, for whatever reason, the pocket clip caught. And then it became too... Uh, flimsy to where it would not uh, stay in my pocket. And so it would just, it would, it felt like it was coming out all the time. So I contacted Kershaw and they sent me a pocket clip replacement. Although they're not making the the knife anymore, they do have the pocket clips. And so they sent me a replacement right away. And uh, I did have to get a special, I think it's a, it's a tour, a, a tour screwdriver tip to be able to, um, to take out the screw, the, the screws that, that, that maintained it. And of course I had my glass, I think I had my glasses and my magnifier, a magnifier on because these, these, uh, these screws were so small, but with a little bit of Loctite was able to get it in there and it has worked flawlessly ever since. So, uh, I highly recommend Kershaw. I think if I ever was to buy another knife, I probably would buy a Spydeco. 
I've never had one of those and I, I think they look really cool and uh, I would uh, have to buy one of those. But again, I, it's not something that I'm in the market for. It's not something that I'm looking to buy right away. But anyway, you know, something to, to be thinking about. So as I end here, remember both articles are going to be linked in the show notes along with the, uh, with the website on the laws in your state. And so let me just recap really quickly. Remember to check the laws in your state or your area. Find a knife that meets your needs. You don't want something that's too small that, you know, you wind up not using it or too big that is just going to look like, you know, you're running out to the woods and playing Rambo. Consider the ease of use. You want to make sure you can open it and you want to make sure you can open it quickly. You don't want to be fumbling with it. Um, do you care what it looks like? Because uh, if you do care what it looks like, then you need to be thinking about that. I mean, my Kershaw is, it's one of those stainless. It has a very small profile. Uh, it just, it still looks good after many, many years of use. Need to consider the price. You can, and this is where it runs the gamut. You can spend a small amount of money and get a very cheap knife. And you, you know, you would have to be really careful with that knife because probably it's going to, it's not going to be a, a very good one. Um, and then you can spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars on just uh, a folder and you just need to be careful uh, as far as how much money you want to spend because you could go crazy there. And then is there anyone who wants to promote the responsibility in handling a knife? That's the thing. You know, are we going to promote responsibility with our young kids, with our with our sons, with our with our daughters as well? I mean, that's important as well. Again, I don't want anyone saying, Todd, you don't, you're leaving women out. It was the focus was on on boys there. But uh, promote responsibility there in handling these tools. And maybe it's one of those things where you help people to understand these are tools. They're not a bad thing. It's just how you use them. And so, we, man, that is a whole podcast episode in itself. But then helping young kids, maybe it's your, your grandkids. You know, Maybe you've given them their, their first knife or you plan on giving them the first knife with the permission of the parents that they're not just going to take it away and put it up somewhere, but uh, that you, know, you, you want to teach them and help them to be responsible in taking care of things. And so uh, that would be something really good to do and because kids are going to gravitate to that no matter what. And so again, remember these articles are going to be in the show notes. You can go check them out. Well, guys, that's it for episode 695. Hey, to subscribe to the show, make sure you click the subscribe button in your favorite podcast app. And that way you never miss another episode of Sweet Prepper Goodness. And don't forget, if you're looking for more preparedness and self-reliant information, head on over to PrepperWebsite.com, where we link to 8 to 12 articles every day of the very best self-reliant articles out there. We also have pages dedicated to alternative news, firearms, DIY, Bible prophecy, frugal living, and homesteading. And lastly, don't forget to join the email list if you haven't. When you do, I'm going to send you a free PDF on 25 handpicked preparedness articles that you should read. And with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until next time, live with no regrets and stay prepped and aware. Peace.